It's become almost an epidemic. Has it happened to you? How did you get into it? And how do you get out of it? And now, here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution, it's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Welcome back once again, everyone. Thank you for being here on the Dharmic Evolution today. I want to talk about road rage. Have you ever experienced it? How do you get into it? How do you get out of it? Before we get into today's subject, if you like this show, please subscribe to it. You can go over to dharmicevolution.com at our website and you can click on any of your favorite platforms that are represented there, whether you like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher Radio or Overcast or whatever your favorite is. This way, when the show comes out, you know it immediately because it comes right to your phone. Because road rage is becoming such a increasingly dangerous um, situation out on the highways and the roads and the local um, streets and in the cities, everywhere it seems to be happening, uh, I wanted to share a couple of um, three personal experiences that I've had with road rage and what my takeaway is and what I've learned from road rage. And I want to start with uh, way, way back when I was like seven years old. This is in the 60s now. And um, I believe the year was probably, I don't know, 19, I'm going to say 63, 64, somewhere around John F. Kennedy's days, um, his short days that we had him as president. Um, I remember traveling with my mom in the car going down to visit her mother, my grandmother. And as we turned onto the street that my grandmother lived on, you could look down the, the street, and there was always a lot of cars parked on either side of the street, so it was a little tight. And as I looked down the end of the street, I saw something, it was just kind of unusual, that it seemed as though some woman was about to, was backing out of a driveway, and another car way further down the street was actually going, you know, speeding towards the car. So he was coming in our direction as the woman uh, was trying to back out of the, the driveway. And immediately, my mom, instead of like just stopping, because this looked like a big mess, it looked like something really dangerous was just unfolding, um, she speeds up the car and starts tearing down the street. And I'm just looking at this whole thing unfold and what happened was she positioned her car that she got past the woman who was trying to back out of the driveway and then swerved the wheel to the left, hard left. So she essentially like blocked this other car that was coming like full tilt. I mean, this guy, he had his foot on the gas and it was like he was trying to just plow into this woman and my mother cut him off. And... um 
you know, I was just, all you heard was tires screeching, and it came within like inches of smashing into our car. And it, it was just chaos. The guy was yelling and screaming and hollering, and it was such a commotion that my grandfather came out of the house. Now, he was retired, and he was the town clerk for West Orange, New Jersey, his whole career, pretty much his whole career. And so he knew all the fired men. He knew all the politicians. He knew all the police department. And um, he comes out, and he's walking around the front of the car while this guy is yelling and screaming. And my mom was trying to defend her actions by saying, you, you, almost, you were trying to hit her. You tried to you know, drive your car right into this woman. And uh, he's like, I'll do it. She's my neighbor. I'll do whatever I want. The guy was just, he was out of his mind with rage. Meanwhile, my grandfather's on the scene. He's walking around the front of the car and he's, he's you know, motioning to the street. And he started yelling, look what you did here. You marked up the street with your tires. <laughs> and he's, he was getting the plate number. This is what he was doing. He's memorizing the license plate as he's walking around the front of the car. And it was just a whole bunch of yelling and screaming from this guy. Um, and I don't know, somehow, I can't remember how the woman, like, I guess my mom must have backed up or something. And, um, oh, no, no, I think, I think she was so far past the car that the woman just kind of snuck away. She just, you know, backed out of, out of the, you know, the opening that she had and drove off in the other direction because my mom had the street blocked off pretty much um, essentially now. And uh, I, I'll never forget the screaming and, you know, just the, it wouldn't have been called road rage back in those days because the term had not been coined as a phrase back in the 60s, uh, back in the 60s in that time frame. But this guy was just... I mean, he was fit to be tied. He was just really, really gone crazed. He was, you know, determined to slam his car into this woman. So who knows what went, who knows if it was an affair or if it was an, an ex-wife situation. I don't know what it was, but it was pretty scary. Um, and I guess that could have been my very first lesson in road rage. But at uh, my mom's funeral recently, this is about six or seven months ago, I kind of shared this story, um, you know, when we uh, we had a little service for her, and but the lesson for me was really about righteousness and my mom just looking at something that was looked so wrong to her. If you put a thousand other people into that situation, they would have just stopped the car and said, "What is this going on? This is this looks crazy," but not her. She's you know little petite little 110 pound woman you know floors the car and goes flying down to, saying no no this is this is not happening on my watch and i was just in total shock i could not believe the bravery of this woman who just you know put herself her car and me by the way <laughs> into harm's way but she was just not going to put up with it she knew that she could stop this so there were two lessons learned that day. The first one being righteousness and bravery uh, on the part of my mom, and the other one, road rage. And that kind of stayed with me my whole life. It was it was a lesson. It was frightening. It was enlightening, all at the same time. 
And it was kind of comical with my grandfather in the act, too. I never forget the guy because my, my grandfather had this shocking white hair and the white mustache. And the guy in the in the car was yelling at him going, Get the hell out of the street there, Santa Claus. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> it's like Santa Claus, he's calling him. And uh, my grandfather, typical, he had, a, he had his blue blazer on, you know. And uh, he shows up, you know, dressed even for uh, a near traffic accident. <laughs> it's too much. So anyway, that was um, my number one experience with road rage. There would be many, many more to come. Before I get into the next story that I want to share with you about my own uh, personal experiences with this uh, road rage thing, which is, it's really, it's worse than I, I thought it was. I mean, I just went on to um, Google and, the top, you know, right on the front page, before you get into all the pages, um, here's, these are, these are major posts that just came out. Uh, Polk County Sheriff's Office investigating deadly road rage incident. This is 20 hours ago, um, and that's, I guess, in Florida. And then and here's another one. Man dies in Florida. Road rage incident after confronting driver behind him one hour ago. This is NBC. Just put this up. And then there's another one here. Lafayette police. Man slings golf club at driver in apparent road rage incident. And then you, you just go you go down the pages and it's road rage Wikipedia. You've got what causes road rage, road rage defined, how to deal with it, road rage root cause, American road rage, and the pages just go on and on about um, all the anger management and are you a victim or a perpetrator of holiday road rage, uh, road rage news and videos, ABC News. Brutal road rage punch leaves a man unconscious for a week. And I, I saw this earlier. I surfed through this. And this only happened like, um, I just, I think New, Year, yeah, New Year's Day or something, or New Year's Eve. And um, there were two guys standing in front of the one. And the one guy on the left was not even the confrontational guy, like just sucker punched him. And it looked like he was knocked out on his feet as he was going down. He looked like he was out. And then I don't, I don't know how, I think he might have been really, really hurt because you saw his head smash into the, into the macadam, into the pavement, essentially, and bounce off. And the guy just, he was just out and laid there. And these guys just jumped in their car and drove off. And um, so it's gotten to be a real, real bad thing. So how do we get into road rage? Um, let's start with that. I want to just... Um, answer some of the possible questions that people may have as to what is it that puts us into that space. But first, let me get into my second story. The year was 1980, I believe, thereabouts. And I was working for an electrical contractor in Essex County, New Jersey. 
And I remember um, I was out. Um, I had had some electrical experience um, in and out. I had been working for contractors off and on since um, I guess I was in my late teens when I started. And uh, anyway, I was working with this other um, contractor or this other electrician, I should say, for a contractor. And we would both go out in the truck. Uh, and we worked mostly in Newark, New Jersey, which at the time in 1980 was a really bad place to work, really bad. As a matter of fact, some days one guy worked and one guy watched the truck. It was pretty bad. Um, these other friends of mine who were on a job, I remember they had the tools out and they were working up on a roof and they just, they were up on the roof and they looked down and there were a couple of thieves just unloading the truck and piling all the equipment into their car. And they were looking up. They knew there was nothing these guys could do about it because they were up on a roof and they had to come down with ladders and everything. So by the time they would get down, they were gone. They were long gone. They, they took all the stuff. So um, I don't know what happened. Their boss was not pleased. Um, you know, you have to lock your truck really solidly. Um, anyway... We were in Newark. It was Christmas Eve. So I think we had like a half a day. And I can't remember all the details of, you know, what was going on. We were at, I believe it was a um, a diner or a coffee shop. And we were just getting something to go. I think we were even blowing off lunch because we had a half day. We could We could skate early. So I think we just grabbed something to go. And we came outside uh, to the truck and there, some guy had come up in his Honda Civic, I believe, or some car like that. It was a small car and double parked so that we were like, we were trapped. We couldn't get out with our trucks. We didn't know who this person was. So I noticed that the car window was open. <laughs> so I jumped in, released the handbrake, and it was a, a locked steering column. So he had sort of turned a little bit to the left. And I said, come on, let's, um, I was able to get the car into neutral that, you know, the transmission was not locked, but the steering column was. So I said, let's push it because it's a small car. And we pushed it and you couldn't control the steering, but it very neatly sort of went across the street onto the opposite side of the street and we sort of essentially reparked it it was a sloppy parking job but we were we were free to get the truck out now we were no longer blocked and as we returned to the truck across the street um the owner of the car came out and this guy was livid he just he was just lighting into us like like crazy just going kind of crazy and um, my partner, his name was Paul at the time. Now, Paul had a couple of years on me and I think a couple of years of experience. So although I don't think I was an apprentice, I was a little more advanced than that. Paul was sort of the lead electrician. And, um, you know, he drove the truck. And so I was assuming the, the helper position, I, I guess you would say. Anyway, the guy is just lighting us up both. He's yelling and screaming and you know, Paul is saying, look, your car is fine. Your car's over there. It's fine. And the guy starts ratcheting up his, his rhetoric and he's like ready to go to fists. I can tell. So Paul disappears from the conversation and runs to the back of the truck and 
immediately comes back with a conduit bender. So for the, you folks who don't know what that is, it's kind of like a, um, it's a piece of pipe about five feet long, four to five feet long. And on the bottom of it has this sort of round shoe. And what you can do is you can put a piece of conduit into it and you can bend it. It's like a bender. And the thing is just, it's made out of galvanized steel and it's heavy. So Paul shows up back at the truck with this bender in his hand, like he's gonna, like he's gonna attack this guy. And I just stayed really, really calm. You know, just, I wasn't saying anything. And the guy was like yelling at me and I was just not even reacting. I was just standing there, you know, just kind of looking at him. And Paul returns with a bender and I'm like, I'm not having anything to do with this. This is, you know, uh, this is not going to happen on my watch if I have anything to do. It was just getting out of control. And uh, they went at it a bit more with the yelling and screaming. And then Paul finally came to his, his senses and he says, he just calmed down. And he said, uh, you know, it's Christmas time. Do you have a family? And I don't know if the guy took it as, is that another threat or something? And finally, they, they went at it a little bit more. And I waited for a break and I said, all right, let's go home. And, and it was just, maybe that was the Holy Spirit, like in my early days or something. I don't know. But it was almost like, you know, the Holy Spirit ended the confronta confrontation. Because that could have been, it could have been ridiculous. Um, all over, you know, shame on me. I shouldn't have moved the guy's car. He shouldn't have double parked. Shouldn't have, maybe, or we shouldn't have done a lot of things. But thank God we did end the confrontation. However it ended, it was kind of very mysterious how it's just like, and we all just parted ways and boom, we got in the truck, he got in his car and that was the end of it. But it could have been a far worse situation um, like many are. So let's talk about how road rage develops. Where does it come from? And I think I have the answer to that. It never comes from that situation. Now, the guy was incensed about his car being moved because that's his personal property. So I kind of get that. But it was over the top. Nothing, his car was not damaged. It was fine. It was just in a different place than he left it. So so it, it wasn't cool, okay? But there, there was something about he was carrying anger from some other situation. And this is how all road rage develops, I believe. It's like, look, he doesn't know us. Um, and Paul going and grabbing the bender, like he's going to go and start attacking the guy. What was he going to do? Hit him in the head with this? He, he would have killed him. Um, very dangerous and explosive. But you're carrying um, other rage and anger from other situations. Case in point, you had a fight with your wife in the morning. You didn't get the raise. You were disrespected um, at the uh, the dinner last night when someone else got the award. It's on and on. There's a, there's a litany of excuses and situations and things you're carrying around in your mind and your heart that just kind of are buried under the surface. And the road rage is just that person that offends you is the tip-off of Boom, it brings all that other stuff up. Now, if somebody cuts you off or whatever, you have no relationship with that person. You don't even know this person. So to get overly, like, and sometimes those things are accidents, like, you know, somebody cutting somebody off or trying to get positioned in a lane ahead of someone else. And um, 
I've discussed this with people, and I've discussed this just recently with my fiance, my new fiance, and she's she's badass and she's amazing. And I she had told me she's a runner, so she told me that she had an incident where she was running, and some guy had like cut her off with a car and was disrespectful or just whatever. And she said she got confrontational with him and, you know, made some arm gestures and saying like, you know, what are you doing coming into, you know, coming into our lane and and, um, almost um, jeopardizing our safety while we're running. So he pulls the car over and gets out and they get into a face to face. So I started lecturing her about you don't do that. You have to let it go. And I sincerely mean this. You can't get into confrontations with people because, first of all, you don't know what this person is capable of as far as doing something stupid. And for you guys out there who are black belts or jujitsu guys or UFC fighters and you want to match, you know, strengths, you do that in the gym, you know, and you do it under an organization to do it to if you want to test your metal. You don't do it when there's crazies out there. So two things, protecting yourself from physical harm should be first and foremost. Um, So you do not want to encounter somebody because it can go downhill so quickly and people just take out anything they have and use it as weapons. And how about the people that have a knife or a gun in the car? And it happens all the time. It's like they just don't care in that rage, in that moment, and somebody ends up like severely hurt or dead, all because we're defending some position that doesn't exist. There's nothing to defend here. Like, And the other piece is, do you really want to carry that person into your life, perhaps for the rest of your life, you're going to have some sort of relationship with that person? through lawyers, through counsel, through litigation, through jail, and your family is going to inherit that. So what I'm saying is to simply just extricate yourself from the situation in every case. Just wave, smile, uh, turn the corner, get get out of the way of it. Just put it behind you because you don't want this person in your life. And you don't want to run the risk of somebody getting maimed, killed, or hurt. You know, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be bad. And it always turns out bad. Once there's altercations, it just, it spirals out of control. to say about that 
All right, so now for my third and final story. Um, this happened just recently to me about three or four weeks ago. And I was driving west on Route 40, just out of Nashville. And there was something on my mind, you know, in retrospect, I tried to think back about this incident that happened to me. And I can't remember the circumstances surrounding the way I was feeling, but I was disturbed about something. Something was really bothering me. And um, I had been driving for about maybe 10 minutes and um, just got west of Nashville and was heading home. And um, I remember this, you know, I was in the middle lane. And you know how people, like, they insist on, like, cutting in front of you, even though you're closely behind the other car that's in front of you, and there's no place for them to go. It's like, you know, why do you do that? So I guess it was this this guy who's aggressively driving and he cut right in front of me and i was just i was just so livid so livid that i immediately switched into the fast lane and to the sound of screaming horn <laughs> at me on my left side and i had just cut some guy off and who and and i have the you know the alert uh, markers that are by your your mirrors so, you know, it, it flashes amber when somebody's in your um, blind spot. So I never even looked. I mean, I looked in my rearview mirror. I'm usually a pretty cautious driver, but um, I didn't, I guess I didn't check the side mirror because he was really close to me. So I could have wrecked his day, his car, his life, my day, all because I got, I got tripped up. You know, I got pulled in, and I know this so well. And I just, I man, I was really so thankful that God sent an angel to protect me and the people on that highway because I could have caused like a serious crash just by that one stupid move. So it comes, if you're not careful, it just can come and it can attack you at any moment. And I think we all experience this. Um road rage in some form and it's all about something else is eating away at you and bothering you and it manifests itself in encounters on the highway so you know this guy he finally um you know after i got i cut him off i accelerated got back in the middle lane to allow him to go and pass me and of course you can imagine the gestures as he went past me and i'm like you're trying to you ever try to wave an apology <laughs> It just doesn't work. It's like, you know, I'm sorry. I know I was a complete idiot, my friend. I, I'm totally sorry, but it, there's nothing you can do at that point except just, you know, just try to wave politely or whatever. So that's the, um, that's my take on road rage and and what it um, it can do to you. And so how do you get out of it and stay out of it? I think it's really being, it's all about self-awareness and you know, just trying to, like when you're driving, just like I described, I let that happen because something was bothering me in the back of my mind and I should have been just focusing focusing on driving or maybe some music, not, you know, thinking about something that was disturbing me. And I think that's how people get, get tripped up. It's just being pulled into that situation almost unconsciously. You know, you don't even know it's happening. So I would just say, my counsel is self-awareness. Try to be as self-aware on the road as you can. 
And also, the golden rule is if you find yourself in any situation situation like I described, diffuse it immediately. Okay, drive away, just wave politely, don't get into an encounter with anybody. Um, you don't want to inherit them, um, like I said, in court, in jail, hiring lawyers for the rest of your life, this stranger who may be a complete uh, kook, and you want to get all entangled with that the rest of your life? No, you don't. You don't. So please share this episode with your friends, your kids, your parents, your cousins, Anybody try to um, embrace this way of thinking if you have not yet already and um, do not defend positions that are ludicrous to do so. All right, please. We just we just need to all um, watch out for each other. After you send this link to somebody you love who needs to know this information, uh, if you haven't yet, go over to the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page and check out all of the authors, speakers, thought leaders, singer songwriters that are there being supported by people all over the world who just want to help support um, artistry worldwide. So you can do that. You can also go to dharmicevolution.com and see any of the 252 shows we have up there that have all of the songs, the content. Um, there's videos on there. There's, there's, um, there's blogs about the uh, artists and authors and their, um, uh, their websites and the content that they create. You can find out all about them, where they're speaking, uh, TED Talks that are going on, a lot of really, really cool stuff. So that's a wrap for me today. I want to take you out with Jesus Teaches and wish you guys a beautiful prayer today. And um, don't forget, I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. If you want a taste of insanity, just sit down in front of a loud TV. And if you want peace and tranquility, take a ride with me to the Sea of Galilee. If you want to know about forgiveness, it's something we all carry deep within us. But if you want to know about love, just listen up close. Because Jesus teaches Jesus teaches Humility Jesus teaches A blind man how to see Jesus teaches About hypocrisy Jesus teaches About wealth and poverty Jesus